Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson. With me are Sharp Smith, our technology editor, and John Salentano, our business editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. We have just issued the 2022 Volume 2. It is ready now. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit insidetowers.com intelligence. So, John, you're going to talk about two things, data, data centers and digital bridge, I think. We're talking business uh, in the wireless infrastructure uh, uh, market these days, Leslie. Yeah, a couple of things this week, uh, I think we'll note to, um, to our readers, the uh, Digital Bridge uh, made a, um, <clears throat> a move where they did a, re- a reverse stock split. Basically, for every four shares uh, that were held by shareholders, now they get one in, in return. So basically, the price went from $5 a share to an aggregate of $20 a share in this one move. And the, the idea is to, <clears throat> the company is um, bringing down its uh, volume of outstanding shares and making it uh, more manageable. And uh, also to um, really uh, use this opportunity to reinforce its uh, transformation now from a, a real estate investment trust to now a fully um, competitive digital infrastructure provider. So. Uh, the there was an initial uptick on the share price when the uh, when the um, transaction took place earlier this week. Uh, it has since settled down uh, uh, and and not moved very much. Uh, but I think it's indicative of uh, how the company's thinking in terms of their uh, access to capital and um, and what kind of uh, returns they want to ultimately provide to shareholders. <clears throat> the other um, transaction that was announced this week is the. Um, uh, a d- data center company called Global Switch. It's actually owned by um, uh, uh, a Chinese steelmaker and an investment firm in China. <clears throat> it's based in London. Global Switch operates uh, 13 uh, um, data centers in, in Europe and in Asia Pacific, um, totaling uh, uh, 4.6 million square feet of capacity. Uh, the, it, it, it's not a publicly held company, but in its annual report to shareholders um, the end of 2021, it reported about $300 million in EBITDA for the year, and that was up uh, 6% from the prior year. <clears throat> but there's several companies that are in the mix that are showing interest in, in acquiring Global Switch. Uh, EQT and KKR are among the bidders on the short list. Um, these private equity investors are, have been players in in other digital infrastructure assets around the world. Um, word is that the GAW Capital, PAG, and Stone Peak partners are also in the mix. Um, you know, there has been some interest previously expressed by Digital Switch and by um, Digital Realty, both the data center operators in their own right, 
uh, that that may be uh, may be interested in in picking up um, uh, the global switch assets. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of interest in data centers by investors these days. Um, as digital infrastructure, data centers offer fairly stable financial returns and uh, have steady growth prospects as organizations of all types uh, outsource their IT workloads to independent data center operators for cloud storage and, and processing. So, um, you know, this is one of a, a series of deals for data center acquisitions going back to last year when the KKR and Global Infrastructure Partners acquired Sirius One, American Tower acquired CoreSight, you know, Digital Bridge and IFM took uh, Switch Inc. private uh, earlier this year. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a trend that we're, we're seeing, but uh, it just, I, I think, plays up the value of data centers in this market. So we'll keep an eye on it. Well, thank you, John. Uh, Sharp, I think you're going to talk about LEO satellites, right? Yeah, that seemed to... Uh... It seemed like uh, Leo satellites popped up on my radar screen a lot this week. Uh, one of the one of the news stories that broke was a, a company called a U.S.-based company called uh, OmniSpace uh, signed an agreement with uh, with uh, Smart Communications based in the Philippines to provide uh, 5G um, communications uh, for various vertical uh, vertical uh, uh, industries and uh, right now OmniSpace has uh, two Leo satellites, Spark One and Spark Two, um, and uh, which almost sounds a little humorous in them in of themselves. Uh, but uh, you know, Leo uh, OmniSpace is really joining a a market that's really already uh, getting crowded. Uh, it's got SpaceX. And OneWeb are are uh, are both uh, already providing Leo services. You've got AST uh, Space Mobile and Link Global, which are providing direct to satellite uh, communications. Uh, and uh, so there's a there's there's a lot going on in the uh, uh, in the in the Leo environment. In fact. Uh, um, another time, another uh, moment when uh, this sort of popped up was uh, uh, a podcast uh, done by uh, Bill Ray, who's a vice president analyst with Gartner, uh, made the proclamation that uh, he felt uh, Leos were going to have a, a bigger impact on, uh, on today's cell phones uh, than, uh, than 5G uh, will. And uh, his, uh, we're we're used to people, the the uh, the satellite people telling us that they're uh, that they're more important than than, than terrestrial communications, but uh, but he does have some points. Uh, the uh, uh, when he looks at uh, the Leo market, he uh, he notes that uh, they're they're already revolutionizing. Uh, uh, satellite backhaul so that you can uh, you can position uh, basically uh, cellular base stations anywhere uh, in the rural area. All you have to do is figure out a way to uh, uh, to power them and uh, 
for that, all really all you need is uh, solar if you do it right. Uh, he pointed out that uh, KDDI in Japan is deploying uh, 1,200 base stations with uh, LEO satellite backhaul. And um, uh, not to mention the fact that uh, he also uh, goes into the, uh, the direct to satellite uh, vector, uh, which is uh, uh, really, really going to provide a, uh, a way for, uh, for your phone to really have uh, full coverage. I mean, uh, uh, with all the deployment of, uh, of every G that we can imagine so far, uh, every one of us can, can turn on our cell phone and find a place where we can't get decent coverage and uh, just drive across uh, Nebraska. Uh, so uh, I think uh, uh, Leo's, if, uh, if they can uh, um, you know, make it economically, uh, would definitely uh, end up providing that uh, a lot of the rural coverage, which, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, um, it's unfathomable to believe that there'll be enough uh, uh, cell towers and to, to cover the whole earth and uh, with, uh, with the coverage that, uh, that we're thinking about. Uh, so there's always going to be uh, there's always going to be a niche, I think, for the the satellites. Uh, and uh, one of the another one of the points that uh, that that Ray makes is uh, uh, he talks about uh, the uh, the fact that there's uh, even though there's there's uh, uh, 30, 30 companies that are uh, currently uh, planning or providing uh, Leo communications. And uh, uh, he, uh, he, he ended up his comment saying, if all of them launch, we will have way too much bandwidth and no one will, will and, and we'll have no one to pay for it. So some of those companies will go bankrupt and that we'll just have to see where the, the market shakes out. So I think uh, this will be uh, this will be a story that will will have legs for uh, you know several years as uh, so SpaceX and OneWeb build out and uh, maybe OmniSpace and uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll see uh, we'll see how many how many companies uh, you know this market will uh, support. But uh, Leos are definitely going to, uh, to have an impact and probably a po positive impact on cell phones. So I think this is something that uh, we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be looking at. And that dovetails into a bulletin we put out on um, uh, T-Mobile teaming up with SpaceX on their satellite plan to fill in gaps in coverage areas, uh, especially in rural areas. We're still learning about the plan and a lot of details are sketchy. Um, they want to launch in a year, but they have a lot of technical work to do. They need rockets that are bigger and more powerful than they have now to carry what will be satellites with much heavier antennas. Um, so it, it 
should be interesting to watch and see if this works. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. For a complete rundown of the week's news, check out our Saturday edition. We will see you in a week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.